Welcome to the Future of Dermatology podcast. The next episodes are excerpts from a residency panel that we did last year with doctors Kathy Fields, Greg Morganroth, David Murat, and Jason Hawks. And we asked them various questions about the field of dermatology, their journey, and any advice that they might have. We divided these up into four sections so that each one can be focused on a specific topic. The first episode will be on um, what we call the love and hate parts in the field of dermatology. And we asked all speakers to provide valuable insight into being a dermatologist and what they love and hate about the field. The second part is about their journey and the drive uh, into what led them to where they are now in each of their careers. The third portion is on the financial considerations and negotiating salaries, an important one, especially for earlier career, career physicians. The fourth one is on prioritizing and balancing a, a fulfilling life, which is arguably maybe the most important portion to listen to. So thank you for joining us. And um, if everyone's okay with it, we'll move on to our last question to wrap things up. And uh, the last question here is where, oh, so it's, I'll keep it simple. If you can distill it down to one thing you love and one thing you hate <laughs> about your workplace, and then just finishing comments too. Any last comments you wanted to just add? So maybe we'll start with Dr. Fields again. Um, I think it's a wonderful privilege and responsibility to be a dermatologist. I think of all of my colleagues, we are positioned uh, to thrive in the future. But I also have a warning. Um, I know many, many companies working on this to replace us, period. Because you're going to have your patients self-diagnose at home. They're going to scan. Our technology is mind-blowing. And they will diagnose and they'll call, you know, a, an extender and get their triumcinolone or whatever the cream of the week is. So what we have, what this is, when, when we all, us old people went to school, only we had knowledge and the, the patient did not. Now everybody has knowledge, but they don't have wisdom and experience. So I encourage you to get a lot of wisdom and experience and do be mentored by uh, uh, doctors out in, in our specialty um, and do become an expert. Um, and don't give away all that you've worked hard, so hard for to a nurse or an extender when you are that expert, because when it's given away, we cannot get it back. So medicine is changing. It's changing very quickly. Uh, again, this is on the way to replace us. Um, it's all padded recognition after all, So, and a good differential. So the computer will, will supersede. So it's about relationships, your integrity, uh, your caring for that patient. Um, I love my patients, my greatest joy. I just finished a, a clinic uh, yesterday morning, free clinic for acne. I have an AviClear, one of the first to have it, and it really works. 1726 nanometer targeted precisely at the sebaceous gland. And I, in my hands, while I'm working on these people, they cry. They say, you have no idea how you change my life and my, how different my future looks over and over to have that ability to give somebody clear skin. Because to remind you, this is the most important real estate you will ever own, period. This is who you are, and it is judgmental. And if we have the ability to take away the scarring, to stop uh, the disfigurement, whatever that may be, 
uh, we're in a position to change a life for now and forever. So it is a great privilege, but I urge you to stay curious and on top of the specialty and be one step ahead. Um, don't fall back because the world is changing from under us as these businesses come in and take us over and we're just widgets executing patients. Um, we are not valued. We have to be the ones to make industry understand that we are valuable and not reflect. So um, I've been listening to Kathy and every, again, wise words. I'm just trying to think about, first of all, I love everything about my job. I love being a dermatologist. It was the only thing I wanted to be. And I'm so glad I made the right choice. It's really easy, you know, spending 30 or 40 years doing something you love. So we've all made a great choice for a career. We make a difference in people's lives. We have all these different opportunities as uh, sort of subspecialties within, within, the, within dermatology. I don't really hate anything, but I have been frustrated by sort of the shift in where our specialty has, has gone in terms of the focus on, um, you know, profit and, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's disturbed me a lot. Uh, you know, I think you really have to focus on doing the right thing, your ethics and, um, you know, understanding that within medicine, it's become very constrained. You know, there are a lot of rules that sometimes people don't follow. And I think you just have to be thoughtful and, you know, uh, understand things. I'll give you a perfect example. Again, very spontaneous conversation, but in California, it is not legal for your medical assistants to mix lidocaine. It's also not legal for your medical assistants to inject lidocaine. That can get you into very big trouble. I would say that that's probably happening in most offices that don't have compliance. You might say, well, why is that important? Because if you have a patient that files a complaint and it's discovered that your medical assistant was mixing the lidocaine, even though it has nothing to do with what the patient was upset about, the medical board is going to come after you. So. Don't bend rules. Don't put profit in front of patient care. Uh, do what's right for you and the patients and the practice and make sure that whatever group you join, that they're following the rules or following the regulations or making sure that you're billing properly because ultimately you're responsible for the billing. Even if your biller made a mistake, you're ultimately responsible. So there's a lot of responsibility you have in any group, whether private practice or not, I think it's really important to educate yourself about what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, what the medical board guidelines are in your particular state, and make sure you're with a group that pays attention to those things. But, uh, and my last comment is that if you want to be in private practice and you want to be in Beverly Hills, I guarantee you because of what you've gone through to where you are today, you can do it, but it's more delayed gratification. Don't let anyone tell you you can't be successful. Don't let anyone tell you you can't open up a practice in Santa Monica, you can achieve anything that you want to. The people that will discourage you are just people that maybe don't have a lot of confidence in themselves. So anything, you, you, the, the world is your oyster. You can have anything that you want. Just remember that and just pursue your dreams and you will be happy. Thank you, Dr. Mira. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'll give you some of the, the 
some of the stuff that's been talked about previously, really the work-life balance and, um, you know, sort of the uh, security uh, of the income and the diversity of what I do are some of the main things that actually uh, sort of enrich my my life and my practice for, for where I am. Uh, the, the only thing I would say that's kind of been, you know, when, when I think of things that go on, I, Kaiser is a large organization and sometimes you know, you do feel like a little cog in the wheel at times, uh, but but in reality, the, the fortunate thing is um, even in that situation, you're able to sort of make the practice that you kind of are hoping for. And it took me a little bit of time to learn how to do that. But as I learned it over time, it's been one of the more, again, enriching parts of my career is, you know, again, I was able to take on an administrative position as chief. Again, I get to do recruiting. I get to do um, certain different types of committees and stuff, one of them being a physician satisfaction and wellness committee. So what we try to do on that committee in particular is find sort of uh, events, um, small ways of uh, sort of making the physicians, not just for dermatologists, it's for all the people uh, at my facility in South San Francisco, trying to make sure that they're their workday is a little bit brighter based on the fact that, you know, we can get them a small gift. We can, you know, all get together on a weekend and go to a movie and stuff. Um, those are really the kinds of things that I think, again, you have to look for for the job situation that you're going to be in. Um, and and again, knowing that it is going to be a long-term endeavor, uh, it's it took me a while to sort of figure out all the ins and outs of, of sort of a larger system. But now that I have, um, I'm really super happy with the career that I had at Kaiser. So the, the, the main thing, again, I, I think that everyone's trying to emphasize here is just find the situation that works for you, knowing that uh, over time that situation will evolve. And if you sort of invest a little bit of time with it, you can get that situation to work uh, to the type of life and career that you're hoping to have. So that that's really my, my last piece of advice is find that thing that's going to make you happy because, again, you're going to be doing it for a long time. Uh, kind of a, an example is, I, you know, in the beginning, sort of as as I, I think it was Greg pointing out that you know you're going to have to put a lot of effort in. I was working five days a week, patients full time, and I did it up until about the age of fifty. And then I'm like, okay, now it's time to throttle back. So I reduced my schedule because I wanted to be able to go to my girls' volleyball games. You know, pick them up after practice. You know go to the high school event. Uh, the, those were the things that were important to me. So it, it sort of was the first 10 years I figure I'll invest my time and my effort so that I sort of get you know, financially stable and then sort of build that nest egg up front. And then that 10 years from 50 to 60, I'm like, now's the time I'm gonna be, because my girls were just of the right age, then I'm gonna be spending the time with the family. So you can do these things, but find that situation that's gonna allow you to do it. And again, in almost any system or any situation that you're in, you'll be able to find that sort of, you know, whatever your happy zone is, you'll be able to find it. But it's an important thing to do because, again, I, I agree, it's not all just about money. And I, I, I sort of always, you know, kid my colleagues, I don't want a bigger house or a faster car because that's not what's going to give me pleasure. Um, so, sort of the two main components for me were family and time. I really wanted to spend time with my family, but I also wanted to be able to spend time doing the things I also like doing. So again, make sure that you find that career 
that's going to give you all those aspects. Money is great. And I know a lot of people are, you know, sort of emphasizing that in, in that, you know, I, I hear it, you know, like, well, I've got debt and I've got, you know, this and a family and everything. I, I get it. But that'll all work itself out over time. Find a situation that's going to work for you. That's probably the most important thing. Thank you. Dr. Hawks? Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick based on time. Um, I think for me, it's sort of the excitement of the specialty. I, I think medicine has been this unprecedented intersection with, you know, scientific advances and immunology. I mean, we're we're giving people targeted therapies for, you know, inflammatory skin diseases, for example, that are just they're they're so much better in every way than these old medications that were used for decades. And this is exciting. We're seeing this in cancer therapy. We're seeing it with all sorts of products. So uh, I'm personally not worried about technology taking over our lives. We're not going to be replaced. Physician extenders, they're here to stay, whether it's the elephant's out of the bag, like they're here. They're built into the system now. And, and I think these advances are going to be things that will continue to enable us to give better, more precise care. Precision medicine's been talked about for a long time. We're not anywhere near that, but we're getting closer and closer with some of the things we're doing. That's fun for me. I like the challenging cases. I'm okay not making as much as my colleagues, but doing some of the harder, more complex things, that's fine. And I think the impact we have on individuals, um, it can get lost with frustrating patients. There are frustrating patients. It's okay to recognize that, but those patients you find that you can really, really have an impact on, they they will have an impact on you. And, and those are the pe people that I enjoy seeing. I enjoy taking care of those patients. The things that have been frustrating to me, uh, you know, speaking from a UC system, it's an inefficient system. There's a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, there's some double standards in terms of, you know, we expect this, but, you know, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. So I think those have been things that have been frustrating to me in this shift in medicine overall, that quantity and volume and money has trumped quality. We need to get back. I think as we fight for our specialty, we're going to be fighting for, you know, slowing down um, fairness, valuing education, valuing quality metrics rather than quantity. And I'd like to be a part of that. It's okay if we're contrarians and we speak against other popular bin, that's fine. But but let's do what we think is right. And, and I think we need to shift back to patient-centered care for the right reasons and uh, make it more efficient and, and less expensive. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll just I'll add a couple of comments. I would say one of the things I love the most is just our organization, SF Derm, and our community. How lucky are our residents to be able to listen to all of you? We have like the giants of every field here um, like you guys say, you know, the, the, the ability to work with giants in dermatology and, and you're all here and there's so much, so many of them in the SF Derm community. One of the things I loved as a resident was getting to go to these events and just hearing thing, these things and forming um, how you want to do things once you, once you hit the world. Um, and so I hope when, uh, the new generation is a little bit different and they're all on right now, which is really great. And I've loved working with them. Um, and I think it's lovely to see them kind of come back because I think there was a few years where we were kind of losing a little bit of the um, involvement of the younger generation. And I just like to reiterate that it's just like these things are so valuable just to be able to sit here and listen to these ama amazing mentors and 
have this level of access in our community. So I'm just, it, that's, that's the thing I love the most. That's what I loved being involved in SF Durham. The, not to take it to the negative side is the last comment, but because I asked about the hate thing. One thing I, I don't hate it, but I slightly dislike, and I've kind of stopped going to any of these like, you know, things that talk about women and medicine and all of that. But there's just for the women here, there's a little bit of negative talk. Like every article that comes back is about being burnt out and imposter syndrome and this and that. And it's like, we're not burnt out, right? We're just getting started. <laughs> so I think just to the women, um, don't listen to that. Don't read that stuff, right? Re read the Wall Street Journal instead. Like spends your time doing something important. Like look at what Kathy Fields is doing. Like we're not burnt out. Sometimes we're tired. When they, sometimes my kids drive me crazy. And then I'll go get like, you know, just go outside, get a coffee or something, right? That's life. We all have that. But overall, the sense that well, we can only do this this amount and our values in this many years and then we just like disappear in the air or something because of burnout. <laughs> I think it's not really valid. And you can see so many women and uh, and men in, in, in our field doing so many great things and evolving and adapting and doing different things. So um, that that's just the last thing I would say is to just not keep looking at the negatives and because there's so much coming out about the negatives of our field, but it's still, I think, one of the best fields. Um, and even as a person that not very long ago came out of residency and is doing all the things, it's amazing. And even now, when I step to an office, like in a room, when in a meeting with any sort of anything, and you're like people of other fields, when you go in as an MD and a board certified dermatologist, the energy changes, people listen, and we have that power. We still have that power. Um, so I think don't take that for granted, use it in your advantage. Last few things I would say. Um, and just in the interest of time, thank you guys so much. Thanks to our board for joining and all your amazing knowledge. Thank you again for joining us on the Future of Dermatology podcast. Residency mentorship is always a high priority of ours, and we always look forward to our annual residency panel. And a huge thanks to all the faculty members who always take part of this and impart their wisdom. Thank you again. Mm -hmm.